Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the KSL Greenhouse. Expert tips for flowers, trees, gardens, and soil. Our hosts are Maria Chaleos and Ton Bettis on KSL News Radio. Good morning. Thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. Number to call with your questions, 801-575-8255. You can also text us at 57500. We wanted to begin the 9 o'clock hour and talk about wasps in the garden because in the past week, Ton, I know of at least three people, including myself, that have been stung by wasps. Uh, we were up at Ruth's Diner, and they were having just a real problem, a real issue with wasps there. What's happening with the wasps? I mean, is it just the season for wasps? Or are there more wasps than normal? There's what probably not more than normal, but in the fall, you do the populations build, and you do start seeing more of them, and there are certain species that are more likely to sting, they're more aggressive. A lot of the, well, whether they're wasps, hornets, bumblebees, or just regular bees, all of them are trying to accumulate food to store for the winter if they overwinter that way, especially honeybees. But there are a lot of different species that do try to store for the winter. And so they become more aggressive as they're foraging for food, but they become more aggressive when they're trying to protect their food. Mm, well, many of us want to attract honeybees, right? But we do. But wasps are a totally different deal, aren't they? Is it my... They are. Wasps and hornets generally prey on insects, whether it's like little caterpillars or beetles or whatever it is. And they will, especially soft-bodied insects, they will pick it up and haul it off and either eat it or feed it to their young. The... A lot of the species will leave you alone, even if you're within a few feet, as long as you are not a threat. And so, you know, if you have a wasp nest in a tree in the back 40 that's not hurting anybody, just leave them alone. You know, they're beneficial insects. But if they're a nuisance or somebody's allergic, then you do need to try to control them. Are there particular things that wasps are attracted to that maybe honeybees aren't attracted to? 
Well, the it, meat and sugar, depending on, or oil, depending on the species. Yeah, anybody who's cooked a burger and tried to sit on their patio yes. in the last week knows this, right? Yes, because the wasps and hornets, again, do not pollinate flowers for the most part. They are protein or sugar feeders. And so when you see like an overly ripe fruit, we're getting a lot of reports of people with apples and peaches and apricots, nectarines saying, well, why are there wasps all over in the fruit? Because they were on the tree too long and they're soft enough for them to get in there. But in especially this time of year, when you're having like a barbecue and the family's over, you'll notice that some of the species are trying to get the meat and other species, if you're like drinking Kool-Aid or soda, are trying to feed off the sugars. And because, you know, we talked about somebody we know getting stung in the lip. Oh, you can say Jeff's name. Jeff got stung on the lip last week and his <laughs> lip, I mean, he looks like somebody punched him. Like yes. His lip is just, I don't know. Two inches out from his face, it got so big. Yeah, but I know of several people that have had September, early October barbecues and went to drink their can of Coke and got a bee in their mouth oh, and gotten their lip or no. their tongue stung oh, no. and swallowed the thing. Oh, my goodness. Or similar, you know, they'll try to spit it out. But it's actually fairly common in the fall for people to be stung because of the aggressiveness and the numbers of the bees and wasps and hornets that we're seeing. So is there some best practices, some best advice for folks? Yes. And, you know, we don't want to destroy the wasps, but at the same time, we don't want them in our barbecue. If they're stinging or there are people allergic, then you do need to take a fairly aggressive stance. And the easiest thing to do is in the evening, after the sun's gone down, they will not fly, or at least they shouldn't. You still want to wear a long sleeve shirt and some leather gloves and a few things. But you'd spray them after the nests, if you can get to them, after the sun goes down. That will knock them out. If you have them in areas you can't get a spray to, after the sun goes down, you can try some like of the, the spray foam uh insulation that you can get that you in a can almost like a can of hairspray but foam comes out mm -hmm. you can try to seal up if they're like i've got an area of my house where i have some siding and there's a corner piece that goes down covering the edges and i can't get a spray in there and so i'm going to get some of that spray foam and seal it and then if any foam comes out i'll just cut it off with a razor blade or a knife so seal them in, but sometimes you may need to call a professional. Yeah, that was my next question. When should you call a professional? Because you could get hurt doing this. You really could. You may need someone if they need to remove the siding or, you know, similar, remove portions of a deck or something. They have the full-blown bee suits that they can't get stung, and they can remove those nests. And um, so if you need that then it may be worth a few hundred dollars paying a professional to come in and get them. Okay, let's talk about wasp traps for a minute because they're not all made equally. They're not. So the wasp traps are best being used through late June into July before the numbers build, but they can still be effective. And you mount them away from where you are going to be. So you don't hang wasp traps around your front entrance or around your swimming pool or fruit trees. You put them 50 or 100 feet away from there 
And there's actually various kinds of bait that go into them depending on what you're trying to attract. And if you're unsure, then what you would want to do is get two or three traps using baits for wasps, you know, that might be protein or oil based and one that's more sugar based and then hang those in various places away from where you want the bees and wasps and hornets. Because it attracts them. Because it attracts them and you don't want them. I We had some neighbors growing up that had a swimming pool and I they made a mistake of putting wasp nests or traps by their pool and it was a disaster. Well, because that's what you think. They're yeah. going to not bother me. They're going to go toward the pool. Yes, or but the, you put them away. The trap. Yeah, okay. you know, within reasonable <laughs> distance, but a... Honey, well, like a wasp or a hornet will fly in a thousand yards in any direction from its nest to get food. And so they're very mobile. And that's why you're putting them away from where you are going to be. I told you my husband went to the store, couldn't find any inexpensive traps like he's bought in years past. Ended up buying a very expensive one that boasted five different types of bait or whatever in there. And it like caught two wasps and his other cheap trap that he still had on the other side of the yard had a whole bunch of, you know, wasps. And yeah. I should so mention. I said they're not made equal. I mean, how not. should we look at these? You can try making homemade traps. USU has a fact sheet and it suggests kinds of baits to put in oh. there. And one of them is actually diluted fruit juice and you have to let it ferment. For three or four days to really You're get effective. You're trying to get them drunk or what here? Well, I'm just trying to keep those overly curious oh. teenagers away from it. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, but um, yeah, you actually, the alcohol coming off of the fermenting juice attracts them in. And so maybe we can have Michelle try to find those. I can try to find them on break and post those. But USU does have a YouTube video and I think fact sheets on how to make these homemade traps out of two liter bottles. Interesting. Okay, anything else we can add that will be helpful? Just be careful. If you're barbecuing, you know, be mindful. Maybe put those traps up if people are having problems because they will travel in because of the smells. All right. We're going to take your calls next. Mary, you will be up first. The number to call, 801-575-8255. You can text us at 57500. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Good morning. Thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. Maria and Ton with you. Number to call 801-575-8255. You can text us at 57500. Next texter wanted to know, Ton, they say their cucumber plants have a thousand blossoms and no cucumbers. This is my pumpkin vine. But I knew I planted it too late, so I expected that. It could be the time of year it was planted, but it also could have been the heat. And so the only thing I know to do is in the future, consider getting a row or like a 20 by 20 foot square of shade cloth. And if you have a small garden, just shade the garden. And there's nothing they can do. Uh, This time of year, they might get some cucumbers as the the temperatures are cooling. Uh, Look for pollinators out there. And if you see 
bees, flies, whatever, landing in the blossoms, that's always a good sign. But, um, yeah, it's really hard this time of year because I'm in the same boat. I'm afraid I'm going to get very few tomatoes. I took my first tomato out of my garden last Thursday. Oh my goodness. And so I know a lot of people I planted late and I didn't plant really appropriate varieties for, because I had to use what was available. And I think I will, but I, I'm in the same boat. I have to so remember I, to bring you some tomatoes. I'll Tom. commiserate with my parents or my wife's parents brought some down. So I noticed I got home from work and there was a pan full of bacon grease and tomatoes <laughs> missing and bread missing. So I think my wife mm. had some BLTs. Yeah. But, I love BLTs. Uh, yeah. yeah. At any rate, I feel their pain and they could try getting a Q-tip and especially if they've got different varieties of cucumbers, just gently rubbing in the middle of the flower and just rubbing flowers all over to see if that would cause some yeah, pollination. I, I just don't know that. I just planted too late. Yeah. You and know. it just depends on the variety of cucumber. If it's an eating cucumber, you only want the cucumbers three or four inches. There may be a chance, but if, you know, it's just one of those things that that late planting and then July 100 degree heat really didn't do us any good. All right. Mary is on the line in Bountiful. Good morning, Mary. What was your question? Hello. I'm calling because I uh, about three weeks ago, I went to a local nursery that I've always posted and bought a beautiful pink flowered uh, rose of Sharon. It's about three feet high and planted it and I put some new soil in and uh, used the root starter. And it was doing beautifully, but lately, some of the leaves on the bottom part of this rose of Sharon have turned yellow. Is there is that a problem? What, is there anything I can do about that? It may not be, just due to it being so late in the season. I would check the water situation around the base, because those rose of Sharon, they're very durable, but they don't tolerate overwatering. And so... If oh. the soil is moist and then the sprinklers come on again, it could be getting slightly too much water. That could be it because I was made sure I watered it well. <laughs> yeah, so at this time of year, if we're in the 80s, maybe water it twice a week if you're just hand watering. Okay, no, I, I had this, um, I hand watered it before and then I had the sprinklers on um, because we didn't have any rain right here. Yeah. So maybe it's overwatering. Okay, will it come out or do you think? It should. If it's just barely starting to yellow up, just cut back on the water a bit and it should overwinter. Oh. You might take a picture of it if you purchased it from a local nursery and uh-huh. just say, hey, it's struggling. Will you extend my warranty out until May of next year or something to see if it will really relief? Oh, okay. Because I didn't pay extra for a warranty, you know. Yeah. But take, take a picture. Okay, thank you for your help. I appreciate it. All right, Mary, thanks for your call this morning. Next listener wants to know, Ton, uh, they say their delicious bush bean plants are suddenly dying. The leaves turn a light yellow, then turn white and drop off. They're wondering, is it sick or is it just done for the season? It, they may be done for the season if they've taken a few harvests off the beans, but also could be spider mites. I would encourage them to look up spider mites and green beans on the, like just an extension website and look at the pictures and see if that's what took them down. Okay. Next listener says that they laid sod this summer. So do they need to apply any kind of fertilizer or weed and feed before the winter? Ah, yes, they probably should. I would look at a fertilizer schedule and if they haven't fertilized in the last month or so, 
maybe use a um in the fertilizer they use isn't important as long as it's not a weed and feed. I know that there's seed fertilizers and starter fertilizers and these things, but straight nitrogen would be fine. I would do it now and again in late October. Okay, we're going to take a break for the bottom of the hour news. When we come back, Sylvia, your call will be up next. You can give us a call at 801-575-8255, and you can also text us at 57500. If you're just joining us, our plan of the week at the top of the 8 o'clock hour was Garden Mums, and our feature at the top of the 9 o'clock hour was Wasps. And you can always catch the KSL Greenhouse on podcast if you do miss any any uh, shows. You can go to kslpodcast.com and catch all of our shows there as well. We'll be right back. Let's dig around town with KSL Greenhouse. Learn how to flip your strip and side yard with the experts at the Conservation Garden Park on Thursday, September 7th at 6 p.m. They will teach you how to add curb appeal while saving water. Register at conservationgardenpark.org. Join We Were Based in Water for a garden walk and learn on Saturday, September 9th at 9 a.m. Explore the water-wise elements of the learning garden and take the principles back to your own yard. Sign up at weberbasin.gov. Kick off fall with the USU Botanical Center. Bring the whole family for the annual Scarecrow Walk, September 7th through the 17th. Enjoy the change in colors at the Arboretum and the scarecrows hidden along the center's paths. Find out more at extension.usu.edu. Now a look at this week's quick tip. Powdery mildew is a leaf disease that shows up in late summer and early fall. The leaves take on a powdery appearance and start to turn yellow and eventually brown because the powdery mildew fungus literally sucks nutrients, sugars, and water out of the leaf. It's really common in the fall because of the cooler temperatures and higher humidity, which many fungal diseases thrive in. But it's not really that bad because plants are going dormant and the leaves will just drop off. If your plant's leaves have powdery mildew, rake the leaves up after they drop and throw them away and do not compost them. You can also find the Dig Around Town calendar and more fun gardening info at kslnewsradio.com slash greenhouse. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do when a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything it was violent it was senseless and i will never understand it i will never accept it i'm amy donaldson and unfortunately we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives but what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt in a new podcast the letter we relive tragedy but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.